Welcome to our Trade Academy podcast series in which our experts simplify complex concepts involved in international trade and trade finance. This episode will provide you with an introduction to guarantees and will include the responsibility of banks, the terms and conditions related to guarantees, as well as the pre-requirements needed. We welcome you all to the training on a guide to guarantees. My name is Royston Fernando. Guarantees are one family of trade finance products which offer a simple way for one party in the transaction to offer confidence to another party. They are used by beneficiaries of guarantees to mitigate the risk of non-performance or non-payment by the guarantees applicant. A guarantee from HSBC for a specific outcome gives confidence to your trading partner. If your organization was unable to arrange guarantees, your trading partners might require a deposit against a transaction risk or might need to negotiate other terms in the deal that would reduce the value of the transaction to your organization. There are several features of guarantees that make them attractive for tens of thousands of HSBC clients like yourself. For example, capital efficiency. We secure guarantee facilities against an indemnity or reimbursement agreement with your organization. So you don't need to tie up working capital in the form of a deposit with your trading partner. The agility. HSBC has battle-tested experience of writing guarantees with legally robust wordings for many scenarios. A dedicated global team of HSBC experts and HSBC's global distribution network helping you rapidly establish robust relationships with your new trading partners. Third one, the operational simplicity. Bank guarantees do not require complex admin. You can track and manage them efficiently through HSBC's digital solutions such as HSBC Net. Definitions of guarantees. A guarantee is unconditional. What does that mean? It means that the issuing bank of the guarantee is not required to check its own records or seek confirmation from the applicant or customer of the guarantee in the event a valid claim is being lodged on the issuing bank. The issuing bank must only ensure that the claim is in accordance of the wording of the guarantee. In particular, the claim or the demand clause that is stated in the guarantee. In most guarantees, beneficiaries are required to state that the applicant or the contractor has failed to fulfill the terms and conditions stated in the contract. I repeat, most guarantees, beneficiaries are required to state that the applicant or the contractor has failed to fulfill the terms and conditions stated in the contract. And that is all that the bank or the issuing bank will check to ensure whether a claim is in fact or indeed valid. Now remember, a guarantee is entirely separate from the underlying contract, even though the contract reference is stated in the guarantee. A guarantee is irrevocable. What does that mean? What is when it states that a guarantee is irrevocable. It means that once the guarantee is issued, 
the terms and conditions cannot be changed unless the beneficiary, applicant and the issuing bank agrees to do so. So what it means is it, the wording of the guarantee cannot be changed. However, if the beneficiary and the applicant and the issuing bank collectively agrees, then there may be changes. Other than that, the guarantee remains irrevocable. In the second paragraph or the second definition, we see maximum amount being highlighted. What is the maximum amount? All guarantees must clearly indicate the maximum amount of the guarantee. Good banks will not issue guarantees where the maximum amount changes according to the fluctuations of the contract price. Guarantees may allow partial drawings or partial demands, but at no circumstance with the total of the partial drawing to exceed the value of the maximum liability stated in the guarantee. The governing laws is also an element in the guarantees. Unless otherwise provided in the guarantee, the governing law will be that of the place of business of the guarantor or the issuing bank. In other words, the issuing bank. If the guarantor or the issuing bank has more than one place of business, that of the bank branch that issued the guarantee. So the branch where it is situated that country's laws will then apply. Most local guarantees are governed by the local laws. However, it is always recommended to request your trading partners to have the guarantees subject to the ICC URDG 758, which is the latest version, for better understanding to all parties involved, be it the applicant, beneficiary, or even the issuing bank. The tenor of the guarantee the validity of the guarantee must be stated. However, we will talk, we'll be talking about it a little later during the training. I would like to ask you a quick question. So the question is, give me a couple of prerequisites before applying for a guarantee. I'll just share two with you. You must have a guarantee facility with the bank. And then also the wording of the guarantee must be agreed by you and the beneficiary. Okay, let's move on. Let me go through the workflow of a demand guarantee. Remember, we are not discussing about a personal guarantee, but guarantees that cover a business between two corporates. And such guarantees are called demand guarantees. So let's see how it works. So you have the applicant, and then you have, well, HSBC as the issuing bank. And in step one, we have the guarantees application that is presented from the applicant or by the applicant to HSBC or the issuing bank. HSBC on receipt of the application will check the text of the guarantee. We'll check whether it has uh, the facilities for guarantees are in place. And once that has been established, uh, the, the bank, the experts in guarantees will check for the text to check whether there are any risky clauses. And if there are any risky clauses, most likely the bank will call you and talk to you about the risky clauses and hopefully have it changed. Once necessary steps are taken to issue the guarantee as per the wording suggested, HSBC or the issuing bank will issue the guarantee 
to the beneficiary, favoring the beneficiary. Often, your representatives will call over to our branch and collect the original guarantee and then hand it over to the beneficiary. That's in step two. Step three, applicant fails to comply with the obligation. So there is an underlying contract that is in place and the guarantee will come into play only if the contractor or the applicant fails to comply with the contractual obligations. In step four, very often we see the beneficiary would talk to the applicant and say that in line with the contractual obligations, you seem to have not completed the task. And I think there are warnings by the beneficiary to the applicant. And in the event the beneficiary does not see a response coming in from the contractor, then as step four here, in step four, the beneficiary submits its claim to the guarantee issuing bank, HSBC. It will need to submit its claim exactly in line with the terms of the guarantee. HSBC will check the text of the guarantee, will check the demand that has been made by the beneficiary. And if HSBC is satisfied with the demand that has been made by the beneficiary, then it will honor its commitment by paying the value of the guarantee to the beneficiary. And in the last step, as the applicant has indemnified the bank, HSBC will debit the client's account, the applicant's account for the claim. So this is how the guarantee flowchart is. But very often, step number three does not occur. Step number three does not occur. Most of our clients would fulfill the terms of uh, the contract, will uh, comply with the terms and conditions stated in the contract, and therefore the beneficiary does not need to lodge its claim. Having said that, we do receive claims from beneficiaries, and in such instances, we would extend the guarantee if the beneficiary gives us an option, or the applicant would negotiate with the beneficiary to have the claim withdrawn. The tenor, as mentioned earlier, the tenor of or the validity of the guarantee must be stated in the text of the guarantee. If a guarantee is issued without mentioning the validity of the guarantee, then that guarantee can be considered an unworkable guarantee. Therefore, it is extremely important for beneficiaries and applicants to ensure that the tenor of the guarantee is stated in the text. Good banks will never issue guarantees without the validity. The tenor of the guarantee can be split into two categories, fixed expiry guarantees and open-ended guarantees. For fixed expiry guarantees, a definite calendar date must be stated. If the guarantee does not have a calendar date stating the end of the guarantee tenor, then that guarantee cannot be called a fixed expiry guarantee. For example, this guarantee is valid until 31st December 2020. Or this guarantee is not valid after 31st December 2020. Or in another example, no claim shall be entertained after 31st December 2020. It is clear that in these examples, there is a definite or a defined expiry to the undertaking of the bank. In the event the beneficiary lodges a claim after the expiry date stated in the guarantee, 
the issuing bank or HSBC in our case will refuse to honor and pay the beneficiary. Also, in the event the beneficiary sends its claim by post prior to the expiry date, so the beneficiary releases the claim by post prior to the expiry date, but the issuing bank receives the claim after the expiry date, then in such cases, the issuing bank is not obliged to honor the claim as it's received the claim after the expiry date. That's it for this episode. Please join us in the next installment to learn about open-ended guarantees and other types, including performance and non-performance ones, and also the all-important guarantee frameworks. Guarantee frameworks.